Once again, I got an email from the uh, church office, thankfully BCC, but I have received CCs. Oh, no. Well, let's, let's do that. Let's just do on email in general, email protocol. All right, let's do that. Roll it. After three emails, you should just pick up the phone and talk to them. I don't know how I feel about that. But I think fundamentally speaking, whether it's email or social media, whatever form of communication you're using, you need to be respectful. People reply all on the most meaningless crap. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, your source for church tech, with your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider. But first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. Thank you, Larry. Actually, this week is sponsored by ourselves. Uh, If you go to churchmag forward slash survey, you can be part of the 2018 Churchmag Reader Survey. And as a podcast listener, uh, you get an extra chance to get a cool prize. You'll be entered to win one of the $25 gift certificates to Amazon by filling out the survey. That's churchmag forward slash survey, and that will take you to the 2018 Churchmag Reader Survey. And as always, thank you for reading Churchmag and listening to the Churchmag Podcast. Thank you, Eric. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider. Just uh, kicking back here on a nice evening during the week and uh, get this edited up later this week so that you guys can have it on Friday. That's right. If you're subscribed to the Church Mag Podcast via iTunes or Google Play, they have a thing, right, that you subscribe. Is it Google Play that you can do that? I don't know. Uh, Stitcher. Some of those other ones. Um, we're still we're still working with uh, our our podcast people, which is um, Buzzsprout. They're really awesome, uh, awesome place to have your your uh, podcast hosted. Working with them to get us onto the new Spotify podcast feature. I was hoping to be up by now, but uh, we just gotta iron out a few more details. Hopefully, we'll be up there soon. So, if you're subscribed to the Church Mag Podcast, you will get it. On Friday, uh, assuming for some reason I don't get it uploaded in time, which then you'll get it, it'll be available later Friday. The truth of the point of the, the matter is, is that you get it earlier because the blog post drops on Sunday. Who wants to wait until Sunday when you can listen to it on Friday? Am I right? I'm right about this. Pretty sure I'm right about this. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, we're just sitting back here and kicking, kicking back. Uh, we're hearing some some uh, server woes that Phil has been undergoing. We might talk about that in the future, but he wants to make sure that uh, the server host that he has doesn't retaliate or something, some crazy, mad conspiracy theory there. Um, so we'll talk about that in the future. But we were talking about email signatures and email protocol, and I mentioned that twice in not, not too distant past here, I've gotten mass emails from the church secretary once it was a bcc which isn't bad while that does have some sending and receiving implications like you know someone marks as spam or gets spammed too many times you know that the the sending email address might get flagged and then in the future emails won't get there so there's that issue going on um of course the cc then everyone sees who was sent to the big long line of of ccs which is just ugh, i just hate when that happens um, but anyway, or get the domain name white, you know, uh, you mess up, you get blacklisted, right? And so maybe there's those etiquette things. Phil brought up a couple. Jeremy has some things on his mind. And I said, people, use MailChimp. If you're doing any mass emailing, and I'm monologuing, this is terrible. I apologize. Sorry, not sorry. Go for it. Go for it. Um, use MailChimp. Like, just mass emails, just use MailChimp. You create your lists, you create your groups. It's a great way to keep it organized, and it's a great way um, for MailChimp to help you keep your list healthy. Because if you just have this copy and paste 
address book, you don't know whose email addresses are current. You don't know who's opening them and who's closing them. If you use MailChimp, it's going to tell you all that. It's going to tell you your open rate, right? You're going to know if your church lead. Do you want to know if your church leaders are opening their email? Ooh, use MailChimp. Yeah. Okay. Use MailChimp. That will tell you that. Um, so it, it'll not only help with that. It also empowers the the receivers, the recipients, to update their their identif- their 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 identification, their details. So if they change email addresses, you don't have to ask them. You don't have to in- input that different. They can log on to the and update their own their, their own selves, right? Um, some other benefits. Other benefits. Oh yeah, MailChimp also makes sure that they keep their email servers whitelisted, so you're not going to be sent to the spam really easily. Stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot of pros in using MailChimp, and I say MailChimp because it's super easy to use. There's some other good services out there, Constant Contact, Aweber. There is so many services out there, but the reason why we use MailChimp and I like to recommend MailChimp is it's just super easy, user friendly, and unless you're sending more than two thousand emails or have more than 2,000 email addresses in your thing, um, you can use a free account. And so a lot of churches fall within that. So check it out, MailChimp.com. We weren't compensated in any way. We just love the chimp. That's that. Somebody else talk now. So I'm done. I use MailChimp for, I used to have my own personal newsletter that I, that I think only three people ever subscribed to, so I wasn't worth the, the ROI. But um I use one for my union at work. I use one. Um, I don't do it manually. Work, I don't work on it anymore myself. But I used to work on one for the for the our church. I mean, we still use use it there. And uh, I think Mailchimp is one of the greatest free utilities available. I hate <laughs> weekly emails. Like I don't enjoy them, generally speaking. But um, it is a great way to update people who otherwise would not know what's going on on your website or in your organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can take your list and you can create multiple groups, right? And people can subscribe to those. Absolutely. Um, So you can have like prayer request group, you can have leadership groups, you can have kids ministry group. And, uh, and those are the same email addresses. So, um, uh, if you want to only target certain groups and someone's in multiple groups, they're not going to have multiple emails because MailChimp's going to go, hey, that's a duplicate. We only need to send that once. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a great way to to organize your mass communication as well. So And, yeah. and it's a way to do it that looks good, too. So it's, 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 yeah, yeah. It, and there's so much can go wrong when you just send a regular email. But with MailChimp, it's a more thoughtful process, which mm-hmm. I think just, just having to think through what you're doing um, and making it, not harder, but more challenging right. forces, I think, a certain level of quality control. Right. And when and when you th- hear MailChimp, you're thinking, ooh, newsletter. We don't need a newsletter. We just need an email. Well, you can pick that. You can pick just plain email, you know. Yeah. So, and, and then you can also change your reply. So, you know, if you're sending out a mass email or multiple, uh, you know, let's say there's a church leadership meeting. It's going to be 25 people that it needs to go be sent to. And um, if people want to reply, they need to reply specifically to the pastor for instance you can set it up so that replies go to pastor for that specific email right so you can you know if 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 say the secretary is responsible for setting this up but the person that people need to reply to is is someone else she can put that for who to reply to so it's not like you even have to say oh and make sure you you send an email to so-and-so no simply reply to this email and then when they reply to it 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 hits that email address that you specified so yeah Super cool stuff. We should probably write a blog post one day about it. Like how your church can be awesome using MailChimp. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, here's the thing. There's so many 
just common mistakes and faux pas with email that MailChimp, you know, that the extra step helps you avoid it. Like I can't tell you, tell you how many times in my regular job, people reply all on the most meaningless crap. You know, does anyone have a three hole puncher I can borrow? And like four people reply and saying, sorry, I don't, you're not helping. No one needs to know. Like, like your, your three hole puncher dilemma. Okay. Um, or this person's three hole puncher dilemma is not being helped by you telling them that you don't have what they need. And not only have you told them that you don't have it, you've told the entire building that you don't have a three hole puncher. <laughs> so everyone knows, oh, not only is so and so missing a three hole puncher, but so is this doofwar. <laughs> Who cares? I think another big one, faux pas, as far as all that's concerned, is when you are having a conversation, maybe one on one or a couple people, and the conversations, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I talk via email, I'm assuming I'm only talking to the people that I'm talking to. And then all of a sudden they want to expand the team or do other things. And so they bring in other people in on that conversation and not that you should be hiding anything, but all those things that had been said before, um, which maybe did not apply or should not be told, especially with data. I work in counseling, and so this has happened before. People have gotten fired for some of this because they released information inappropriately. Um, but you you bring in other people, and they can see that whole history of conversations. I've gotten, I've ha- heard of situations where people have said in a joking manner or not, and I really don't care because you shouldn't be talking like this. But they've been kind of mean to other people. I'm kind of talking behind other people's back. And then you can go right through those emails and just read everything that those people have been saying. Obviously don't be talking about people behind their back and be careful whenever you are adding people to the conversation. That's another thing too with MailChimp is that MailChimp, if you, or any of those major mail services, if you make a mistake in your letter that, that somehow brings offense or it, you upset somebody with an error in your email. It provides a bit of a buffer. Like no one, like the person on the outside doesn't know who sent that email. And so the organization can handle it internally. So for example, let's say like I was typing out any, a MailChimp email for the union and I mistyped a word and it came out as a cuss word, right? Just fat fingered it. And I typed a swear word on accident, you know? Um, I've never done that before. Yeah, I'm sure you haven't. No, you just, you just type intentionally. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we call them we call um, them special characters, Phil. We're special characters. So so with my union, everyone knows I'm the guy doing it. So if I screw that up, I'd have to like, like, hey, Phil, why are you dropping some some swears in the email? Like, oh, what? And I'd have to go back and apologize and, and correct that. Um, but the church email, like, only the staff knows who sends it out. So if that person accidentally um i can't even think of a good example of an accidental swear but you know what i'm saying like if it, if well yeah and it also depends it also depends on how you you do it because you could you you could have an email um even typed by the secretary that says it's from the pastor and when you reply to it it's for the pastor you are right if you look close at the header you'll see that it was yes. sent via mailchimp but i mean yeah. yeah well but see like we I we mean, do a newsletter format so it doesn't it doesn't look personal either so it looks, it, you know what I'm saying? Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So obviously, it, if you yeah. use it right, that can, that can, not that you want to, again, like Jeremy said, hide anything, but if you make an honest mistake, then you have the, the, the ability to say, oh, you know what? Let me go check with the staff and see who sent that email. We'll, we'll make sure we get that correct. You know, my favorite, 
and I say that sarca- sarcastically. You know, my favorite email thing is is when people do answer in line, like not once, but three times, and then they forward it to you and say, "Can you take care of this? Everything you needs in the messages." And you're looking through it, and it's just a rat's nest because you don't know who oh. bolded, who italicized. Right, and there's these giant email signatures you're trying to scroll scroll past. Yeah, forget about it. It bugs me when people like um, when I reply to an email, I always put my reply at the very top of the email. I don't nest it into crap. People who nest their 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 replies underneath other things just. It makes it impossible to follow the conversation. Right. The, I think a good rule of thumb with some of this, because some people might hear this and go, oh, wow, I never thought of that. Or, oh, it makes sense to me. Well, think about it from somebody who doesn't know what's going on. Like, if somebody was reading this email that didn't know the parties involved, would it make sense to them? Because here's the thing is, even though it makes sense to you today, try opening and referring to that email like three months from now <laughs> and trying to make sense of it. Yeah. It's not. Or um, there's one thing that that Outlook does where you can forward emails and it like it'll, it'll attach the email in a .eml format. So everyone that's using Gmail or a web-based email has to then download the email file and then try to find a local program on their machine to open it up to be able to read it. That's a little annoying as well because you know what? Just because you're using Outlook doesn't mean everybody else is. Yep, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like just... It's just terrible. Jeremy, why are you so silent over there? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know you would never do that. I, no, I've nested. Um, well, I've people have nested their emails to me, and so I would respond. But it was Outlook to Outlook. So, so it worked. Yeah. Yeah. It's an Outlook thing. Some of us don't understand. I think another big faux pas or another big thing, and I wrote about this, is the idea of your email signatures, I think, are really important because there's a lot of people out there that have really crappy email signatures. Talk about this because I have email signature um, fear. Like, okay, just I have my name and then I usually have a URL and that's it. I, I really believe in the simple signature, but... I want to hear more about this because I have seen like I've seen others that have simple signatures and then I've seen people with a bazillion icons and graphics. And so for me, I feel like the email signature at the bottom has to kind of be more of a business card at the end of here is my whole concept so here's every way you could reach me if you would want to. Um, The difficult part about it and this all this information is in the um, article is that I think it's hard because people don't realize how massively terrible you can um, mess this up because if your code's off or you don't go update it or you're just not formatted it right, even to the point of like you just don't know HTML well and you don't realize the Outlook renders the thing differently than Gmail does, you have to realize all this plays into that. And so having a good design, being a good designer is different than being a good website designer, which is different than just having a good email signature. And so, yes, because also I will say, and I've seen this happen several times before, uh, some email clients, and this isn't just necessarily the desktop level, this can be email server level as well. What it does, it will it will parse or clean the code. Uh-huh. So if it sees certain kind of code tags, it will rip them out. Uh-huh. It will pull them out. So then what you what the user gets is not what you sent. And, and I also realize that um, 
there's images and some people just use text based. And so you have to make sure that all there's just so many different things that play into this, but let's assume the high level that we're not using text based or something like that. You having a good email signature is really important. And you kind of, I feel like at the very least you have to be either dedicating several hours, which doesn't make sense because it's an email signature, even though it's important to have it look good. I'm not going to spend that much time dedicated to that or, one option is that there is a free email signature generator that you can use. And so if you go to church mag and just search for auto generated, auto generated email signature, you're going to find this article. It's from HubSpot. People have thoughts about HubSpot, but this is a very simple thing that you literally go, you type in your first name, last name, email, job title, whatever it is you want. It shows you what the signature would look like. So having your social media. And so you can have social media buttons on there. Um, if you really want to go for it, you can upload your own um, profile image and you create the signature. You copy and paste the um, code or whatever it is into your email. And if you have something like Gmail or Outlook, it automatically puts your signature in there every single time. You're good to go. It's super simple to Interesting. do. I'll have to play around with that. I'd be curious to see how it it's handled in different scenarios. And as you bring this up, I'm reminded of the one of the worst email signatures that I've ever gotten, and it was from a design. It was from a designer, and the way the the email was stripping the the tags, it was stripping out any of the HTML elements, and he had a higher resolution um, image. So his signature. <laughs> would create like a huge horizontal scroll bar. <laughs> so like it would just stretch, it would just stretch it all out. So each line, instead of it breaking to the, instead of breaking to the next line, you have to like do a horizontal scroll, like scroll to the right to read the whole sentence and then scroll back to the left and read the next one <laughs> because it was giant. The image for a signature was giant because it stripped out any of the information that constrained the image down to the size that he thought it was. Okay, so how about this, guys? Here, I'm gonna we'll include, include this in the show notes if you want to, Eric. This is um, it's not just sometimes how the signature looks, but what you're actually saying in your your sign off. You know, your little little line there. Okay. Yeah. All right, so almost this is a list relevant magazine compiled like years ago that I just I always go back to for when I need a quick laugh. But uh, here's one: um, this is an email sign off. Okay, in the sweetest embrace of the Father's arms and the kisses of His heavenly angels. Whatever happened, whatever happened to like sincerely? You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, let's see here. Wow, from the beloved's bosom. <laughs> Jeez. There you go. Okay, here you go. Here you go. Under Aslan's paw. Oh. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh my okay. gosh. Okay. So I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, yeah, this is great. Um, uh, yours because we're his. Oh my god. You know, here and I thought I was, I was kind of whatever because I don't have one. I just wing it every time, and my default yeah. is thank you, just because. Like, yep, I'm thank the same you. Way. So I've actually thought about just putting that in their standard just to save me the 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 keystrokes. And, and now yeah. I'm hearing these others. I, I'm thinking thank you is a is a good one. What what are some others, okay. Phil? Okay, uh, see you next week unless our Lord returns before then. Oh no, you so did. like bad bumper stickers, except everybody's archiving them in their computer. Exactly, <laughs> uh, a fellow servant in Christ's army. Uh, crowns for Jesus. 
Yeah, there's some great ones there. Can we right. do like a best listener um, results as far as all of these email signatures are concerned, just to hear what they experience with their own email signatures? Yeah, I want to hear it. Hear it. If you can tweet it at us using the hashtag CMAGCast, or you can like shoot us an email, podcast at churchmag, you know, podcast at sign churchm.ag. Send it to us, um, and we want to share them because, yeah, that you you have got to have seen or heard some great ones. Absolutely, we want to hear it. We want to hear it, or even or even some. Yeah, yeah, we want to hear from you. Talk to us. I'm so lonely. Please. <laughs> but you know, the other thing with emails too, guys, is that email is one of those powers that churches just don't respect you know like you need to be, like we need to be aware of how much how much communication we're having with people and that's why we do a weekly newsletter that you have to opt in for and then we send out volunteer emails for people who uh, who have opted in to volunteer and that's it yeah it's interesting uh, email in some ways you know i i don't know it's kind of a funny thing it's it's being used differently. Yes. And even generationally, generally speaking, is used a little bit different as well. Um, you have those that don't have any email at all, and then you have those that um, are all over uh, technology and phones and, and, and whatnot, but they don't, they don't use their email, right? They just use it to, to uh, you know, retrieve their logins or whatever. Um, so it's a pretty pretty wide spectrum. But I think fundamentally speaking, whether it's email or social media, whatever form of communication you're using, you need to be respectful. That's for certain. That's for certain. You need to be respectful. Whether it's a connection card, right? As simple as, as simple as a connection card. Um, which sometimes the way connection cards are done, it's creepy. And I think that that's how you should think about email and social media as well. Like. You know, if this were face to face, would it be weird? And if the answer is yes, then you probably shouldn't send it. Am I oversimplifying it? I don't think so, Jeremy. <laughs> no, I mean, there's always going to be people that, to test that. Do you hear that that, that sl- subtle like sadness? He wants to push back, but he can't find it. <laughs> is it somewhere out there? There's a pushbacker that just shed a little tear, and he doesn't know why. And it, his heart's broken a little bit. Jeremy's like, sometimes I cry, and I don't know why. <laughs> now we know. Now oh we gosh. know. I've also heard uh, one who was it? Somebody talks about how you should, after three emails, you should just pick up the phone and talk to them. I don't know how I feel about that because sometimes people are being dense. <laughs> some people are. I yeah. mean, honestly, if it's in an email. I can go search for it. If I have to have the conversation on the phone, it's going to be really important and we're going to get a lot of stuff done. And then I'm going to forget about it when I'm left. I don't, I'm not going to know those details where I work. I'll get on the phone with a client if they're really mad and I want to defuse them quickly. Um, but any other time that I have to get on the phone with a client is because they are not capable of using email in the sense of, they can't talk clearly. They're not expressing themselves. They're not giving me enough information. They're not being clear. They're basically a poor written communicator is what they are. So then we need to do it over the phone. Um, I guess there's room for a third, which would be when it feels like a verbal communication will accelerate the conversation. What can be done in five or ten minutes 
uh, would take all day back and forth in email. So, some exceptions. The question is, do you enjoy the Church Mag podcast? We hope you do. Send us an email, podcast at churchmag, and tell us what you love about the Church Mag podcast. And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We love them. The Church Mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Buzzsprout.com.